This podcast is presented by Rabbi Peretz Muchkin, speaking to the millennial generation. Hello, everyone. Welcome to the Rabbi Peretz podcast. In this uncertain time for our generation, there are some deep ideas that are emerging for the individual. I was on the phone the other day with a good friend of mine, Dr. Thaler. He is a Holocaust survivor and rebuilt his life in an incredible way and is a great doctor in the Bay Area. And we speak all the time about different ideas as it relates to being Jewish and being part of the world today. And he said to me that when he came to America after the Holocaust and DP camps, there was this feeling that he couldn't quite put his finger on it this naivete that was in America. And he said that feeling sort of disappeared. He never quite contextualized it until recently. In January, when he was doing research on COVID-19 and was listening to our politicians, the feelings that had left him as a young person, a young child who moved to America, to Canada and America, the feeling of naivete came back to him. And the words he said was, this is America's meeting with history. Up until this point, they never dealt with a foreign power. This generation never felt uh, millions of refugees coming through their lands or a force stronger than their own putting the thumb to them. This is their meeting with history. And I thought, what an incredible challenge it is for us to meet history especially when you know it's happening. So how do you deal with this? And how do you take in that everyone's dealing with this? And how do we add some value to this experience? Now, I'm always trying to be a positive and optimistic person. And I think it's possible that this conversation today will give you a little more insight to how that is the case. For me, positivity and optimism isn't always displayed in an extroverted joy but is often deeply rooted in a philosophy that I believe is very rational. So seeing that history is coming for us all, and the idea and the challenges that we're facing, we're all facing some version of this on the individual. And even though we can't equate this with something as crazy as the Holocaust, but when you hear a Holocaust survivor saying, this is our moment and our date with history gets you thinking about the time we're in. Right now, we're in a time called Svirat to Omer, the counting of the Omer. Historically, the Omer was the Jewish people left Egypt, but there was a serious emotional problem with the Jewish people. They had been slaves for generations, and slaves aren't in control of their own emotions. They don't get to control them. They have to do whatever they're told. So becoming a free people was only one small part of what it means to really be a free person. And in order to fully be free and accomplish what the Jewish people would come to accomplish, the first step was extracting the slave mentality through emotional maturity and depth. And this became a seven-week journey known as the counting of the Omer. The Omer was the physical ritual associated with the counting. We don't have that counting ritual any longer. However... What we do have is the counting itself, and the counting comes with an intricate, sophisticated counting of the emotions, analyzing our deep-rooted feelings and what they are, 
so we can really learn to see ourselves in a whole different way, in a whole familiar way, and be able to contextualize it. We all have some of the seven primary emotions. So when I say now the primary emotions, understand that these are keywords for pathways, and each one has a lot more to express itself. But just for for the discussion's sake, the seven primary emotions are chesed, chesed means love and kindness, gavura, which means power and discipline, tiferes, which is beauty, harmony, and compassion, netzach, victory or endurance, courage, hod, humility, yesod, bonding, and malchus, dignity. These seven emotions, each week we take one and we break them down piece by piece and we are able to connect with these emotions. Now, the first emotion of chesed is an interesting one because we all have parts of chesed. Sometimes our chesed is really incredibly robust. In other words, we're doing good things because we believe in it. We're loving because we are totally connected to the love we want to give and the love we need. But gevura, discipline, power, is a much harder thing to understand because this second emotion seems to be about less of the way you connect with others, but more the way you impose yourself on others. So power gone wrong is a massive issue that, for example, slaves, if they don't develop their gavura, instead of becoming better people, well, they'll do, unfortunately, what we know in modern psychology is, is that somebody who is abused will then go on a high probability to abuse others if they don't deal with this and root out the core and work on themselves. So at the core of Gavura isn't power and strength. Me being stronger than you doesn't make me Gavura. Power is the restraint and the discipline to harness our inner energy. And this idea that Gavura is about power and strength, but it's really discipline, and it's not about the discipline you connect with others, but the discipline how to connect to yourself is what I want to talk about today. Because this week is the week of Gavura, and in addition... So each day of the week, there's a subcategory emotion. So you have the primary one of the week. In this case, it's Gvura. And then each day we do, how does Gvura connect with each other emotion? So since the cycle started on a Thursday night, every Thursday night is a chesed, a kindness and love emotion. But every Friday night is Gvura. And every year, the, the emotion that falls out on Friday night talks to me because Friday night is all about having an inward experience, inner self-worth being able to totally accept yourself for who you are. Instead of seeing what I consume and how I'm defined by the outside world, Shabbat, Friday night, is how I define myself based on my own self. This mirrors all the way back. Talk about history. This mirrors creation itself. Friday night is about recreating a pathway towards creation and you having meaning and purpose. The whole idea of even talking about creation in Judaism is to remind you that you have a unique purpose for the reason that you exist. So if we have discipline Friday nights, the discipline is to be totally in touch with self and our own power, and more importantly, to do something that is totally above and beyond that we usually do, which is to root our discipline in hope, and our hope in rationality. Let me explain. Your rationality is that the reason why you do things is because of the payoff, or the reason why you do things is because of how you see what life is. 
In other words, rationale is rooted to the structure that you subscribe to. So when you have a rationale, you don't look at it as blind faith. You look at it as like, this is the structure that I'm a part of. This is how I connect. Judaism doesn't want us to have blind faith. It wants us to have rationale. Rationale means that, why do I believe in the Torah? Because my parents told me about it. And why shouldn't I believe them? And their parents told them. And their parents told them all the way back to the three million or so people who stood at Sinai and had the same experience. For us, it wasn't one prophet telling us this is how it is. It was millions of people having an experience that to our journey is undeniable. That's our rationale. Whether you buy it or not is separate from that is the rationale. So now take that rationale and know that for the Jewish people, the whole concept of hope isn't this blind faith hope. It's that so much has happened to us and so many times we were at the end, whether it was the Holocaust or before that, the pogroms that swept Eastern Europe or whether it was a Spanish Inquisition or whether it was going way back, a destruction of our temple, a destruction of our religion, a complete exile of mass proportions or any form of issues that the Jewish people face, somehow they've overcome it in their history. So our hope is rooted in that it has worked out. So it's not really hope, but it's this rational trust that things do work out over the bigger picture of things. I've been spending time uh, you know, with Yom HaShoah yesterday. I've been uh, reading on Hannah Senich, and Hannah Senich was this incredible character who paratrooped back into Hungary. After she left to go to Palestine, she went back in to try to save her mother and the Jewish community. And you realize that her hope was not delusional, but it was rooted in that over time, whether she is successful in her mission or not, over time, her light would resonate. All this time later, the Holocaust did not succeed in what it attempted to do in wiping out the Jewish people. Take such an incredibly challenging and, and an unparalleled experience, and it breed hope, is just unbelievable. All of this is what we mean by you needing discipline to get through the time we're in. That on Friday nights for these seven weeks, which we're now in week two, discipline is the ultimate tool that allows us to find ourselves. The, of the patriarchs and matriarchs, they each shared a significant attribute that they used in order to inspire themselves and to give them a pathway in life. For example, Abraham and Sarah used chesed. Everything was about giving extroverted love and connection to the outside world. Their home had four doors, so from every direction you could come in and partake. And they would give anyone, whether you paid or not, they were there to facilitate. Their son Isaac, however, had a radically different understanding of life. Even though they both went through traumas, both Abraham and Sarah and Isaac and Rebecca went through their own traumas, they handled it differently. Whereas the first of our patriarch and matriarch, who are more famous in their own way, became extroverted givers, Isaac became an introverted well digger. Well digger meant he, he dug within the depth of himself to uncover his inner self-worth. And then no matter the circumstance, was able to handle it based on his own deep connection to self. He created a pathway towards meaning and purpose for everything. It's no, it's no coincidence that even though him and his wife Rebecca had totally different structures to how they expressed themselves, the same thing that happened for Abraham and Sarah happened for them, which was they had incredible Friday nights, legendary Friday nights with candles and challah and guests, because if you really do something that's rooted totally into who you are, 
you are able to achieve whatever it is you need to achieve. Discipline ultimately is like working out. If you work out and you have a plan, then your working out is rooted in the rationale that you are going to get in shape and you're going to be okay. But if your discipline is not rooted in rationale, then it's going to make you cold and separate from others. Even though right now there is a mandatory time to separate from one another, there's an opportunity to recede within yourself and create true inner meaning and self-worth within your own self, and that will surely reconnect you to the world outside in a much more incredible way when the time is necessary. So this is what discipline and gvura really is. Gvura is essentially making yourself a vessel. By having incredible self-worth and by tapping into your own power, not as it expresses to the world outside, but in and of itself that you possess, that vessel that you create by that is really the work is to solidify your cistern, you know, to enlarge your container by valuing yourself and loving yourself and deeply connecting to your own self, what happens is you create a space that will be available to the right person, to the right people, and to the right experiences when the time comes. This comes from a place when God created the world, the most important thing that God needed to do was to create a void. And within that void, we are able to exist and have free choice. If there wasn't a void, a space for us to exist, then we would never have free choice. We would always pale to comparison to the great energy that put us into being. It is only that space that allows us to be. And the same as well for all the things we want in life, we have to create space for that. And Friday night, when we tap in, we don't have less of the world. What we have is more of ourselves so that when we get back into the world, we have so much to give. In this particular fashion, Gavura over here, and to develop Gavura, is about creating a conduit that will later on help us develop with others. What you're doing when you're creating the spaces, you're allowing the light to fully manifest. During this horribly challenging age of coronavirus, and during this out-of-control power that is going around, it is time to harness our own power. And maybe, just maybe, this is the antidote to getting through this in not only a more meaningful way, but in a way that will generate humility. But not the humility of lesser self, but the humility to see yourself as a conduit for life and giving to the world and having deeper relationships and being able to create a void that won't be filled with meaninglessness and, and nothingness and emptiness, but one filled with absolute power to really be the best version of yourself. If we are having a meeting with history right now, then we are having a meeting with the history that our grandparents and forefathers did by extracting a slave mentality, that our patriarch and matriarch Isaac and Rebecca did in creating space and flourishing for their children, grandchildren, and the future that is us. And hopefully this will be our opportunity to make the space to create a future of great hope and opportunity rooted in rationale that we use our minds and we use our intellects and we use our gifts and talents to go out there and truly affect the world in the most positive way. This is just a discussion. I'm super excited for your feedback and your questions. Email me at word at rabbiparrots.com. Thank you so much for tuning in.